what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. We are talking today about prosperity. Yay! One of our faves. This is actually an area that a lot of folks, strangely enough, have a lot of resistance around. Sometimes there's some residual limiting beliefs that kind of linger. So this is an area that I definitely want to explore because just like a poverty mindset could radically affect your legacy and the fulfillment of your destiny for the negative, a prosperity mindset can very much help you progress and move forward as God intended for your life, okay? So we're gonna approach this from a few different angles today and I truly hope that this really gives you different perspective and may even challenge you. But I'm gonna give you some context, I'm gonna give you some ways that you can hear from God in the secret to prosperity Then I'm also going to give you some tools to build a pathway to prosperity so that you can co-labor with God in areas of your life and bring forth prosperity personally and practically for you. So this is going to be one that you can screenshot. That's one of my favorite things to do. I will screenshot something so it'll end up in my photos and I can go back and pencil it in my calendar or remember to, to go check something out or re-listen before I delete the photo. You can do that. This might be one that you want to star or just, you know, even keep an open browser, but come back to this one. So one of the verses that I absolutely love when it comes to prosperity, and this is just something side note that I will encourage you to do, is any area that you do actually have resistance around, whether that is prosperity, whether it is purity, whether it is purpose, whatever the word might be, Study scripture and the word of God because the word of God is the law, right? That is the principle. That's what you want. That's the truth that you want to stand under. If you want understanding, let it come from the word of God, okay? So just do a study on that. When I've done a study on prosperity, one of the verses that I really love is Psalm 35, 27. It says, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Okay, what I love about this is God wants us to prosper. (laughs) He actually takes pleasure in us prospering. So if you ever had limiting beliefs on if it's God's will or I think God wants me to prosper, you can throw those away. God absolutely does want you to prosper, right? So, so important to let that hit your spirit from the jump here. Another really great quote, this comes from John Wicker. It says this, wealth is not in making money, but in making the man while he is making money. So a lot of prosperity involves our character development, right? So that we can prosper from the inside out. God wishes, God, God's prayer, right? God's desire is that we would prosper in all things, right? That's on the inside and on the outside. Okay, so that is something to really let hit your spirit. 
Another really great verse as we get started here is 2 Kings 18.7, which says this, The Lord was with him. He prospered wherever he went. That informs me or lets me know as I spend time seeking, praying, studying, reading the word, having divine encounters, making myself available for those, being a receiver, right? Like a willing receiver of divine revelation and wisdom from God, right? I will prosper. If God is with me, I will prosper wherever I go. I can declare that and I can know that by personal experience, okay? And the other thing too is that God created us to imitate him, right? Like we're hardwired to imitate him. It says this in Genesis 1:27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So we're actually able to imitate God. And then later on in Genesis, it also says that he wants us to be fruitful and multiply. And that's not just financial. That's in everything that he's given us. A lot of really great examples. I believe it's Matthew 25 where it talks about the women with the oil lamps and being prepared, always being prepared, right? And then also there's the parable of the talents where a master gives his servants 5,000 2,000 and 1,000 gold coins and the first two invested them and the other one buried it and the master scolded the scolded the third servant for wasting what he had given him right so we want to there's so much wisdom about how God wants us to prosper there's so much if you actually do your own guided study but I thought for the sake of an intro here that I would walk you through some common beliefs, some common limiting money beliefs, because typically people tie prosperity to money, but it's so much deeper than that. But some limiting money beliefs that a lot of folks have, and then the liberating truth about each. I'm just going to give you a couple examples because I have a lot from doing my own study, but just to inspire you, I'll give you a limiting money belief and then I'll give you a liberating truth. Okay. All right. Here's one. Money is the root of all evil. Money is the root of all evil. You might have heard that, right? Now, the liberating truth is this. Money is fundamentally good. Okay? Limiting belief. It takes money to make money. <laughs> liberating truth. Money is the reward for productive work. Limiting belief. Money doesn't grow on trees. We probably all have heard that one, right? Now, the liberating truth, if you own an orchard, it does, and the godly person is like a tree planted by streams of water, whatever they do prospers. Psalm 1 is actually where I pulled that. Limiting belief, money is dirty, like the quote-unquote filthy rich, right? Liberating truth, God blesses us with wealth and possessions. Hmm. Limiting belief, poor is pure. Since when, right? Like... <laughs> Right? And then liberating truth. Purity only comes by walking with the king. Limiting belief. Wealthy people look down on poor people. Liberating truth. Pride and snobbery are not restricted to any social class. Mic drop. <laughs> Limiting belief. Rich people don't get into heaven. Says who, right? Liberating truth. Rich people, like anyone else, must put their hope in God, not in riches. So powerful. Limiting belief. Money isn't everything. Liberating truth. 
God gives us money to enjoy, but not to worship. Limiting belief. The best things in life are free. Liberating truth. God richly, richly gives us all things to enjoy. 1 Timothy 6.17 Limiting belief. Normal people resent rich people. Liberating truth. Resentment is not restricted to any social class. Limiting belief. You need a high level of education to make money. Liberating truth. Lack of education may sound like a good excuse, but it's no barrier to prosperity. (laughs) Limiting belief. Money can't buy happiness. Liberating truth. We can be joyful and content regardless of our bank balance. Can I get an amen? Limiting belief. Money can't buy love. Liberating truth. Prosperity is often the byproduct of love. So powerful. Limiting belief. Money is a heavy burden. This is a huge one that I hear. Liberating truth. Money weighs little for those accustomed to using it rightly. And it weighs little for those who recognize God as its rightful owner, right? Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Last one here. Limiting belief. It takes hard work to make a lot of money. That's another reason why I see a lot of resistance around this. Liberating truth, work enjoyed is not hard and yields prosperity. That's another super powerful one. Okay, so just wanted to hold up some of those from the jump here because a lot of times it's our limiting beliefs around any area, whether that be prosperity, purity, wholeness, uh, success, purpose, legacy, any of those things, right? When we have limiting beliefs, there's the battlefield of the mind, right? Literally, that can create a barrier to us progressing in that area when we have a limiting belief blocking us, okay? So what is prosperity? Let's transition into that. Well, prosperity is a mindset, okay? Really what the dictionary defines it as is a successful, flourishing, or thriving condition, okay? So the Bible... And your own experience may show you that prosperity is dependent on a whole lot more than money. And I really want to hold that up. Proverbs 15, 16 says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Mm. Okay, so if I were to paraphrase that, I would say our prosperity has far more to do with our relationship with God than great treasures. All right? It's also making me think of Matthew 16, 26, which says, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Mm. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Powerful, right? So it's not whether or not prosperity has anything to do with money or finances, but wealth, right, is often what we think of. We think of money in connection to wealth, okay? But King Solomon actually describes wealth in a different way, okay? He says in Proverbs 16, 8, better is a little with righteousness than vast revenues without justice. In other words, somebody may have vast revenues, but if they can't experience justice, they're better off with righteousness and only meager funds, okay? 
So prosperity is truly a mindset. It's an attitude of our heart and it's a sense of well-being. All right. In Philippians, Paul shared this. He said, I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Okay, so there's a very strong link between contentment and prosperity. All right, it's so, so powerful. Contentment is a state of satisfaction. And when we are content, we are at peace, meaning we're without stress, we're without anxiety in our inner man, our mind, our will, our emotions. We're not freaking out. We don't have this monkey mind. Our emotions are not all over the place. We're stable, right? When we're content, we feel prosperous regardless of the state of our finances, okay? So it's good always to remind ourselves that prosperity is relative. There is no set dollar amount that establishes the prosperity threshold, right? And and that tells you you've now quote unquote reached prosperity, okay? So really think about that. Think about that. What good is prosperity if one can't enjoy it, right? It's truly a mindset and an attitude of the heart. King Solomon spoke of this again. He said, as for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, to receive his heritage and to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. That's from Ecclesiastes 19. So, Proverbs, I mean, I'm sorry, prosperity consists far more than wealth, okay? In the mind of its owner, prosperity doesn't exist unless they can enjoy it. And the ability to enjoy one's prosperity is a gift from God, all right? So I really just want to hold that up. God wants us to prosper. He's given us permission to prosper, but he's also an equal opportunity employer in a sense, right? Like it's on us to decide to prosper, to decide to really learn and grow in our wisdom and grow in understanding of what God means by prosperity and to align our lives to prosper, right? There's a co-laboring that happens in order to bring prosperity to to pass in our lives, okay? It's not just something that we can sit and expect God to do, all right? So I thought here what I would help us do next, and some of you might be very well versed in this, but for those that may be new, you're right on time. So I want to talk next about stewarding wealth or really just the practice of prosperity because again, there there's a, a process involved, okay? The practice of prosperity dictates the degree to which we fulfill our destiny. Mm-hmm. That's a Selah moment. I'm going to say it again. The practice of prosperity dictates the degree to which we fulfill our destiny. All right. So God has a purpose for us to prosper. That's part of his plan for our lives. It's part of the good plan that he has for us. But there's I'm going to I'm going to say nine principles. There could be more that you can pull, but I'm going to give us nine principles to live by for stewarding our wealth, our health, our prosperity, our finances well, okay? Number 1 is keep your affections on Christ. A way to say this is 
Matthew 6, 20 to 21, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So keeping your affections on Christ, whether that is when it comes to relationships, when that comes to finances, when that comes to material goods and material things, when that comes to opportunities, when that comes to uh, different connections and open doors, the devil can bless us too. Okay, and we are very easily swayed into idolatry and making a person greater than God in our lives or making a job or a business or a pursuit greater than God in our lives or even different pleasures that we seek after greater than God in our lives. So a balance here to to really ensure that God stays on the throne is to keep your focus, keep your affections on him. Number two, pray for and expect prosperity. A lot of times I've heard that this is like a no-no, but it's a yes. (laughs) Pray and expect prosperity. Okay, Jabez did that. That's the example that I could give you. Jabez prays for God to enlarge his territory and that his hand would be with him, that God would keep him from evil and that Jabez would not cause him pain. And then it says, so God granted him what he requested because Jabez didn't just ask for God to enlarge him. He really asked that God's hand would be with him, that he'd be kept from evil, that he might not sin against him or cause God pain. And because that was in agreement with God's will, God granted him what he requested, okay? So pray for and expect prosperity, right? It's, it's really the primary of purpose of prosperity, in my opinion, is not necessarily so we can live this luxurious, trouble-free life, okay? That's not actually what's going to happen while we're on earth, for the record. <laughs> we need to check our motives as we pray and use our prosperity to express love to others because we can really love others, right, well when we have more resources to give them, right? We can do more to help other people and glorify God in the process. Number three, acknowledge that all you have belongs to God. I see this a lot. A lot of time when we get caught up in anxiety and what I call future tripping about how things are going to come to pass in the future and what you don't want to happen or if this happens and this is going to happen, right? You go on your own little trip. It's because we're not acknowledging that all we have belongs to God and that God provides, right? And that God is fully trustworthy and faithful, right? And that he's already gone out ahead of us and made the way. We get caught up in in future tripping and distracted in that sense when we try to lean on our own understanding and when we try to make things happen. When we recognize that we have God, right? That he's, he's what we have, God has given us really to hold on to, right? It profoundly changes the way we view and handle everything that God has given us to steward in our life, whatever that might be. Any, it could be your finances, it could be relationships, it could be children, (laughs) it could be a business, it could be a job. God has given you that. God gives you everything. That's why even the practice of tithing is giving to God's what's his, right? All right, number four, be content, thankful, and enjoy what you have. I love this verse, 1 Timothy 6, 6. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Check that out. I'm going to imitate God. 
I'm going to be content with my portion right now. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to aspire for more and really co-labor with God and get a vision for what God has next for me, right? But I'm going to practice godliness and be content because this word tells me there's great gain in living my life like that every day, right? God is pleased when we're content, thankful, and enjoy what he's given us. It really demonstrates our trust in him, okay? Number five, save, invest, live simply, and don't consume all you make, okay? So living simply doesn't mean, you know, that you must live this really, you know, scarce life. It means that you make deliberate choices regarding your lifestyle, okay? So you're not just going to make choices or decisions based on the opinions of others, right? But you really know what's essential and what's not. And you don't pursue just mindless consumption because that's actually the enemy of prosperity. All right. Number six, tithe and give cheerfully and generously. It actually says in Acts 20, 35, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Okay. Consider, this is something that's powerful, consider giving to be a privilege and a part of your stewardship of what God has blessed you with. Giving is actually an investment in giving honors God, all right? Number seven, leverage your funds for kingdom purposes. This is probably one of my favorites, which really what this means is look for ways to further God's kingdom with your money. Okay, so for example, what could you do in your business and with your money that would have an eternal value? Okay, people are really the only thing on earth that is eternal, if you think about it. So I would say invest in people, (laughs) right? And this could even be how you pay your employees and your vendors. That could be part of your quote unquote ministry. All right, number eight, hold your money loosely. Proverbs, let's see, no, it's not Proverbs, it's actually Psalms. Psalm 62.10 says, if riches increase, do not set your heart on them. And for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we carry nothing out. So remember, right, money only has the value that we give it. So if you think that money is a tool, then you can use it as a tool rather than being attached to it in an unhealthy way. Money doesn't define who you are and it can't, you really, you can't, you can't take it with you when you die. So you've really got to have that settled in your heart. And then number nine, don't worry about money. Okay. It says this, therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Right. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things that comes from Matthew 6 31. So what we're really led to do is trust God implicitly with everything. Okay. These things are what I say helps us be safe for success. It's not that God doesn't want us to be successful. He actually gives us permission to prosper and promises good success. And God is faithful, right? But we need to surrender false beliefs or limiting beliefs and false notions that we have about prosperity and submit to God's way of doing things so that we can be safe for success. So I'm going to help us do that with one more thing that I'm going to lay out for you here. And then I will give you a couple of guidelines that you can bring before God and really pray with him about and get clear about for what this looks like for you personally. Okay. So 
I believe that the secret sauce to success <laughs> is God, right? The, the scripture that says, seek the kingdom first and all of these other things will be added unto you is a guiding principle. It's a foundational principle in my life, right? And God is available to give us the advice, the answers, the plans, and the encouragement we need to run any aspect of our lives, okay? But do we actually invite God into it? That's the question, okay? So we need to really recognize that God is not just interested in quote-unquote spiritual things, right? He has interest in anything that is important to us, right? And he wants to be involved and included in all facets of our lives. He literally wants to be in the details. He wants us to trust him in all things, and he offers us wisdom for any and for every circumstance. So I stand on James 1.5 a lot, it says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. Okay, so perhaps you never thought of involving God in everything that you do. I talk about this a lot in my book, Co-Laboring with God, which is all about establishing a new standard of success in your life. I was somebody that used to be a self-help junkie, somebody that was, you know, a very much a high achiever and a high performer and just, you know, I was a junkie for all of those things. However, I really had a hard time starting to involve God in every aspect of my life. That was something that was mind boggling to me. I didn't know what that meant. Hence, God's vibes matter. <laughs> so my new standard for success, I actually outlined it in this book, Co-Laboring with God. You can find it over at julianapage.com. It's also on amazon.com and anywhere you really get books. However, the standard is on a scale of one to 10 with your different life areas, whether that's you know, divine connections, divine assignments, whatever it might be on a scale of one to 10, 10 being God is totally involved leading and guiding my steps. I got this prophetic word. This is, you know, the next step that I'm being led to take, right? God is invested. Like we're, we're walking this thing out together. We are co-laboring, right? Is a 10 versus like, I, I didn't even bring this to God. I didn't even ask God nothing about this. Like this is a mess, right? Scale of one to 10, how surrendered are you to God in different areas of your life? And imagine if you actually let that be your standard for success and how you showed up and lived and built a spirit-led life. Challenging, right? But so counterintuitive and countercultural, and it's so, so powerful. So that specific book breaks that down quite a bit. But it really is about how we can think about inviting God into our lives as the ultimate consultant, right? Our provider, our creative director, our master coach, that's God. And if God or if Christ is resonant in you, why wouldn't you consult with him on a daily basis for your business, for your relationships, for every area of your life? Like, why? I don't, I don't know why. I'm just inviting you to, to ask yourself why. <laughs> so how do we do this? How do we ask God for answers? How do we ask him for help? I thought that I would just give you a couple of principles and ways to do this. I mean, this is deeper work. This is what I coach and do a lot of work on. I even have a God's Vibes Mastermind where we go through this content over, 
you know, several months together so that we can really integrate it into our lives and and build a track record with God. So if that's something that you're interested in, you can apply to that on my website um, as well. But at any rate, here are some principles. Number one, know that God is interested, willing, and able. Okay, so from scripture, we know that God has even counted the number of hairs on our head. We know, right, that God cares, that he's able, that he's willing. Okay, so he wants to give you answers. He wants to guide you. He wants to be involved in everything that's important to you. All right, number two, realize that you qualify for God's help. Okay, you really, when you realize that you qualify, then you're more willing to place your faith in him and you know that you don't have to, you know, clean up your act or make amends before he's going to be willing to help you. Okay. That's a big one, right? Realize that you do qualify for God's help. Number three, be intentional about what you're asking. Okay. So if you're asking for an answer, Really be specific in your question about what you're asking. If you're asking for help, be specific in the help that you need. And I even suggest writing down what you're asking for. One of the things that that has built a lot of rich faith in me is writing down things that I am entrusting to God or that I'm believing God to show up in or I'm creating space for God to do something with in my life and then seeing how quickly he answers and how he ends up showing up and and turning things around that I could never do. It just really builds your faith when you see that. So it's also really important to write that down. Number four, offer thanks immediately. Offer thanks immediately. In Philippians, we're told to make our requests known to God with prayer and thanksgiving, okay? So we always want to thank God, even if we don't see evidence. We want to thank him before miracles happen in our lives, okay? And that's really living by faith rather than sight. So that's just a best practice, not just a principle. And then lastly, number five, expect and look for the answer. So when you've asked God for an idea, a connection, or just, you know, something miraculous that's a stretch that you don't see any way that it's going to happen, be looking for the answer and have hope. I actually call this in the God's Vibes Matter devotional. There's a pray template or I use like a pray acronym and I break it down. So that's a 30 day devotional where you can go through really getting in the habit and practice of doing this every day. So that's something that I recommend too, if you really feel like that is resonating with you. All right. So really, if your secret sauce is God, then the key here is building your relationship with God, building your connection with God, growing in your trust, growing in your surrender, growing in your knowledge of the word, growing in your awareness of God's presence and how he's personally and uniquely leading and guiding you, looking for his goodness and how he's showing up in your life. So, so important, right? It's it's really building your life around him versus letting God be your last resort. Okay, that is your secret to prosperity. If God is with you, you will prosper everywhere you go, period. All right. So here is the final thing. I'm going to give you a basic framework that you can bring before God in your quiet time to create your own personal prosperity pathway, if you will. Okay, so this is really 
something that will help you develop clarity about how to proceed and move forward with something. It will help you focus on achievable outcomes and really just stay on course. All right. So number one, build with your vision, right? The scripture tells us to write the vision and make it plain so that you can run with endurance, right? Particularly when it's that messy middle and we want to give up. And what your vision is, is it's a concise picture of what you want your business, your your prosperity in whatever area of your life to look like, right? Or have accomplished by some future date. So you're dreaming really about your future state with God, okay? So in creating your vision, you really want to project and prophesy what you want your future to look like and what you want to achieve. So maybe this is your legacy, maybe it is a business, maybe it is um, a ministry, whatever that is. Really get clear to what your vision is, okay? So number one, begin with your vision. Number two, clarify your mission. So vision, then mission. And mission is actually different from vision, okay? It's a presence and action-driven day-to-day in and out thing that we do, okay? So our mission, though, supports our vision, and it must focus on the vision, okay? And then out of that, we can get more specific. So it's, it's what we do every day that helps us be strong, that helps us stay ready, right? You don't have to get ready if you stay ready, okay? So if that's personally developing in some way every day, if that's moving your body and taking care of this vessel God has given you, if that's renewing your mind, sometimes there are seasons where that mind renewal work goes into, you know, deeper work, I, that's one of the reasons why I, as a coach, have my own coach and accountability in my life. There's been different seasons where therapy was important because extra mind renewal was needed. Um, really important to, to see and to explore the different ways that your mission and how you're living every day is supporting your vision because that's really what helps you build momentum and helps you close that gap and really live an accelerated life in a lot of ways. Number three is once you have your vision and your mission in place, then you can have your strategic plans listed out. And these should really encompass plans, strategies, and systems that you put in place in order to fulfill your mission. Okay, so this breaks down what you do day to day and then over like different timelines. Okay, and this really depends on, again, your vision and and what you're building towards. So, for example, if somebody had a vision to help 1 million entrepreneurs achieve prosperity, true prosperity, (laughs) while glorifying God, their mission might be to help people start, grow, and run their own businesses so they can change the world. And then their business strategies might be podcasts, blog articles, newsletters, website, courses, live and virtual, mastermind groups, networking, product launches, speaking engagements, joint venture launches, different things, right? And all of these things are planned on that person's calendar, right? They might record a weekly podcast, write a monthly newsletter, um, determine how many product launches they're going to have in a year. Like they break down the plan to start closing that gap from where their vision is and where they are. They close that gap more and more every day, okay? So all of these strategies require systems, right? And and really 
ways to help us break down and achieve that goal. So there, there could be different elements like brainstorming topics, researching, um, editing, right? There's different things that, that break down every one of those plans. Hopefully that makes sense. And then lastly, you'll have your goals. Now, I know some people believe in SMART goals, which are supposed to be specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-based. I think it's a good starting point. However, I'll say in my experience, God doesn't just show up in SMART goal fashion. (laughs) It's important to have goals, but I personally like writing goals just to know where I'm heading. But I suggest something called BAM. (laughs) BAM, kind of like Emerald, right, when he's cooking. But it's baseline, amazing, and miraculous, okay? So we set goals with different levels of attainment. Baseline would be realistic and reflects what we can do and what we can see. Amazing would be causing you to stretch and really requiring hard work and really represent a home run for you in a sense. And then miraculous would be like a level beyond your current reach, right? It literally seems impossible. But when you see goals like that, that gives you passion to wake up in the morning. It it gives you a sense of what's possible and you start behaving in ways every day that help you achieve a higher level than you once had available to you. So that's how you can start really establishing a pathway to prosperity in your life. It includes, again, establishing your vision, your mission, your strategic plans, strategies, and goals so that you can clearly see the way and run with endurance, particularly when it doesn't look like what you think it should on the outside or in the external world, or it doesn't feel like you thought it would feel, or you're getting tired, or... You know, the the timeline is way longer (laughs) than you thought, right? Or even, let's say that things, there there was many suddenlies in your life and now you're like, oh man, like I didn't have enough strategy or I didn't have enough systems, right? And now I feel like I'm playing catch up. So it's ideal to always prepare, to always stay ready, and to really first and foremost keep your relationship with God front and center in your life. If you keep him front and center, if you keep the main thing, the main thing, if you seek the kingdom first, the promises, the other things will be added unto you. So I really want to leave you with that, right? A key to prosperity, the secret sauce, if you will, is having God in your life and building your life around God and what he's leading and guiding you to do. Now to do that, you've got to really focus on building your intimacy and your connection and your relationship with God. And think about a conversation. A conversation is two ways. It's listening and it's talking and it's being quiet and listening and it's allowing the other person to talk, right? So there's an exchange that is happening. So how is your current exchange with God and how can you deepen that? And then how can you actually build consistently in the sense that you are safe for success and you're prepared for it however God wants to bring it to you and then what is your personal success pathway look like or your prosperity plan and pathway look like if God has given you permission to prosper what are you going to do with that are you just going to sit and say God bless me (laughs) or are you going to do something about it again I believe it's The address, Matthew 25, where it talks about the oil lamps and then also the talents. Those are two really, really great 
scriptures to read and to study for revelation that God wants to speak into your life. But it's so important to know that God has good plans for you, promises to give you a future and a hope, promises to prosper, right? They're not for evil. They're promise. God promises to prosper you. He delights in the prosperity of his servant, right? So how can you partner with God to bring prosperity to all areas and all facets of your life, right? That is the level up, okay? <laughs> So I am curious. I want to know if this message blessed you. I always continue the conversation on social media. So you can connect with me over on Instagram at Miss Juliana Page or over on Facebook at the same. And then you can always reach out to me and connect, whether that's for coaching, to grab one of the books, to get plugged into the mastermind and and grow and really be supported throughout the year. All of that, you can find all the details over at julianapage.com. And exciting news, I just launched two books that are available now. One of them is called Stepping Into Royalty. And this is a personal manifesto that is full with a ton of scripture and stories to really help you get the get the sense of what it looks like to rule and reign in life and to take dominion, right? This isn't just reclaiming your authority or you know, really co-laboring with God, this is stepping into position, okay, and staying ready. So that's one book. And the other one is a training manual. It is actually called Rule and Reign, the Faith Walker Manual. So anybody that really wants to develop rich faith in their life and have a lot of activations, whether those are prophetic activations or just different aspects that you really want to grow and find that you are ruling and reigning in, this is a great tool. It can be done as a group study. I will be doing a lot of this virtually in the future, probably live workshops and events as well. But both of those you can find on the website and also on Amazon. All right, guys, until next time, stay blessed. 